Hey everybody, it's Blake. And this is Drew. And you're listening to the Lock, Stock, and Two Smoke Controllers podcast. Welcome to episode 47 of the podcast. We do have uh, two games and a movie for you today, but real quick before that, we'll do our normal social media preamble nonsense. Hmm. Uh, you know, if you listen for a while, it's it's all the same stuff it all normally is. We're, we're, all, we're all across the internet, basically everywhere you go that you're looking at the internet, the uh, Twitter, Facebook... Instagram, Reddit, we're all on there. It's, it's it's easier if you just search the the whole name of the podcast. All those we use them for sort of the same thing. I mean, well, Blake, the, the Instagram's more for art and stuff like that. The Facebook and Twitter, I do post when we're when we do streams and uh, when we release episodes or if anything else is going on with the podcast, you'll find stuff on those. Um, we do have the the Twitch, of course. I just mentioned we do play games and twitch them of course i mean i think most people anybody with the video game podcast is probably doing that uh we we try to stream our co-op games we play we're kind of bad about streaming our single player endeavors even though we we do we do sometimes we but we often forget to stream when we're playing single player stuff but it's more for to play co-op things and have it um people come be be a part of that we streamed a while back a uh, a session with our upcoming guest for the podcast. Uh, there'll, there'll be more of those, or more likely. But but a lot of that, a lot of that stuff is just scheduling three people to be on an Xbox at the same time. Be way difficult. harder than it, way harder than it used to be. Uh, but we have one of those sessions already. Where we're playing a, a, the game that we're going to talk about with him on this episode, upcoming episode. Um, and so come, you know, come if you see the Twitch go live with any mention of some stuff like that, come check it out. Maybe you could uh, figure out who he is. Uh, the Patreon, of course, is we have the Patreon going. We have the, we've got, we got a couple of Patreon. We, you know, it's great. We appreciate that, guys. Uh, the Patreon is just, you know, you know what it is. It helps us get money to, uh, so you just support us for the what we do and helps us, you know, buy equipment for the podcast and. Uh, pay mostly pay devious for art and stuff like that. It, oh, yeah. it just helps on, on that end. And then I have my Spotify playlist, which I won't be adding to this week. The Spotify playlist is just every uh, song from a band that I've played on the podcast. And uh, last but not least, of course, is where we keep promoting Blake's story and hopefully promoting and motivating him to continue writing to get get you know complete another one. You can uh, find uh, the link to his story and the link to all these things um, in the show notes. I've recently uh, went back and I don't know what the word is, but I've made uh, I've made all I've made all the show notes for all the I formatted. There we go. Formatted. All the show notes to all the episodes to, so it all looks the same, so it's easier to read. So you kind of can look at the show notes and you'll see what game and what movies there 
if you click on the name of a game in the show notes, you get linked to a trailer, hopefully a trailer trailer with gameplay. That's what I like to do. If you click on a movie, I don't link to a trailer because you know our motto here. You know, don't watch a trailer for a movie. Just go watch the dang movie. Uh, that link will just link you to the IMDb where you can see directors, writers, and stuff like that. That's cool. Um, Which, in turn, actually, there's trailers on IMDb. There's trailers on IMDb, so you, you know, use it at your own discretion. I know we're, we're in the minority for, don't, for not watching trailers. Um, and then uh, I do link, I do, uh, and if, there, if there's a band, I do link, depending on the band, the band name itself will link to their whole Spotify profile. Uh, if the song is is link is linkable, it's usually a music video. But I don't often pick. I don't terribly often pick singles that have music videos. It's not a lot of that. And then obviously, the last part of the ba- band is the album, and that just links to the their Spotify their album on Spotify. I think. Yeah, I was wanted to make the show notes easier to read and for everybody to. Maybe find get some use out of them, make some use, useful information there. The, the show notes also link to uh, Devious and uh, whoever's music bed. I got got a couple of different music beds I you I want, want to try to use. So you'll find links to whoever's music bed I'm using in the show notes. And uh, hope so. I hope that's easier for people to use. And if somebody tell you know if you tell your friends goes to the podcast and they click on it and they try to read what it what it, what it what's going on in the episode, it makes it more clear. Uh, I was. The show notes were a mess before, but you know I've I found a format that I like, and now it's much easier to get into. Uh, with all that said and done, we we the two games we have this episode. It's uh, I feel like we've done an episode like this before. It's two games. Uh, again, each game only one of us has played, but neither one of us beat the game. The, 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 beat the game that we played. It's not a Gamefly episode. It's not a Gamefly episode, but it's both games were on Game Pass at the time. It's not really a Game Pass episode either. We're not really doing that. But uh, I feel like there, if, if you search through our history, there's, a, there's episodes somewhere where we've said something similar to this, where we've, like, I didn't play the game Blake played. He didn't play the game I played, but neither one of us beat the games so we both played. But we played them, so we should have we to talk. We played them enough, a little bit enough, that maybe they're worth maybe they're worth talking about. Yeah. We'll let y'all decide that as we continue into this. So we'll let Blake uh Blake's gonna intro the first game, which the game it's the game he didn't play, but he has the he does the work for the developers, so the first game we're talking about is called Kona. Kona is uh, an episodic narrative adventure that is uh, developed, it was developed by the game studio uh, Parable. And so far, uh, as far as I can tell with my research, they've only made four games. And in all actuality, only two of those are actual games. The other ones are like interactive experiences and stuff. And I'll get to them in here in just a second because this is kind of a, a cool thing that they've done. Uh, they're based out of Quebec, so they're Can- they're French Canadian, 
and uh, they were founded, did I say, in 2012 they were founded. And so their first thing they ever did, which I think it started out as a school project, a school program, and it's for, now I don't speak French, so I'm not going to try to pronounce this, but it's Kepeg Site. I think it's something city, maybe. And it's an interactive guide for, uh, it's basically it's an interactive tour guide for their school to show students where to go. I think it was a doctor's school. Or like a medical school, not a doctor, medical school. So it showed like diagrams and where to walk to get to what wing. It was a fully interactive video guide for the hospital, for the students to use so they hadn't knew how to get around, which I thought was kind of cool and weird. Yeah. And then shortly after they did that, they made a retro-style racing game called Ace Driver. It's just a top-down, <laughs> little 16-bit driving racing game. That's kind of whatever. It's kind of a weird jump. But then the third thing they did which is actually probably really cool. It's it probably going to be cooler than the game we're about to talk about. But it's called It Does Not Only Happen to Others. And in association with Zoom, is one of their partners who helped fund... Like they, they, made, they created this uh, program. Zoom caught wind of it and was like, hey, we're going to give you more money because we want to use this because this is actually amazing. What it is, it's basically a face recognition filter like you would see on Snapchat. And basically it put, it gets your face and then it randomly generates uh, bruising, scars, and messes your face up. And they use that to deconstruct. So if someone gets into a really bad accident with no identification, they can use the facial recognition to de-swell and de-scar the person so they can get an ID and get family and stuff involved. Hmm. This made that? They just, yeah, they just made it. This is after their... After their retro <laughs> racing game and their interactive school program. <laughs> school tool like guy. Like they're wasting their talent on making video games. A little bit, but that, like, that, I thought that was really cool. It's to help identify injured people. Yeah. Or people who have been scarred or, you know, severely hurt. I just thought that was like... I was like, whoa, that's really altruistic and dope. I really like you guys for doing that. Hmm. And the other thing is what we're about to talk about, uh, Kona. I have no idea what they're going to do next. For all I know, they could invent, I don't know, a telecommunications program that lets us talk to the moon instantaneously. I don't know. Yeah. Based off it's, what they it's got. Back, it's back and forth <laughs> real random, isn't it? Um, and then after that, they're going to make the next most, something more beautiful than like Last of Us or something. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. So, uh. Oh, um, it was, it is just eight people. Eight, eight dudes. Eight people? Wow. Just eight dudes. Eight dudes, no chicks. From what I could tell, no, it's all, it seems to be all all dudes. But eh, whatever. Uh, so I'm the one. Uh, I played Kona. Uh, we it was, it was uh, on a list of things. We, we we always keep an eye on the things that are leaving Game Pass, and we kind of hop on them as quick as we we hop on things that look interesting. Uh, I hopped on Kona first to let Blake know if it was worth uh, getting into. It has a TA guy that kind of walks you around. Um, What's going on? Do you know what the Kona, Kona is? What the name is? I have no idea Not either. I don't have I don't have any any clue, clue myself. So what it is is you're playing as a guy. I don't know if you're if you're already detect. I think if you're if you're a detective or if you're just uh, or a PI or anything like that, you're going to investigate uh, either a town or see. I didn't play all the, very long. 
town or investigate something, but you're driving, uh, it starts with you driving in this truck and then, uh, it is a cut scene and you take over driving the truck and it's, it's just snow. I assume you're deep in, in deep Canada somewhere cause it's snow everywhere. It's based, uh, it's based around your main character who arrives in the snowy town of Nord du Quebec. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure where that is, but it's apparently in the deep, okay, deep Canada. You're driving the. You're basically driving the truck uh, at first, driving around looking for stuff. Um, it's kind of open. I had a guide kind of telling me where to stop and stuff like that. But you are you're kind of have a, a kind of a free roam aspect, and you're driving the truck around looking f- for clues of what happened around the area, and where everybody. There's no people. There's no real people uh, people around, uh, and the. Uh, your character is narrating while you're walking around a, a bit. Is he actually like narrating, speaking out loud, or is it like internal monologue and thoughts and stuff like that? I think it's in his head, but he has a he has a is a strange like a French Canadian accent, I mm-hmm. guess. And he's I, I remember I wrote I wrote in my notes narrator is strange. Like, I assume that's because maybe he was uh, speaking speaking strangely or just ha- or maybe wasn't maybe wasn't narrating what was what was going on i just remember it being very weird um and um i remember uh walking around uh first this place went to what was a, a gas station i don't think the truck needs gas or does it i can't remember everything that i did with this but uh, the first thing you do notice in the game when you're out and about is there is a you have to deal with being cold. So this kind of makes the game a bit of a survival experience, which kind of takes away from any game that I play. I usually don't end up playing any game with any kind of survival aspects. We remember uh, this game isn't as bad as it, but uh, the game uh, Fade to Silence we did a, a while back on a Gamefly episode. Where the the cold and fade to silence was basically unbearable, you couldn't you couldn't walk anywhere and fade to silence without freezing to death. Mm, that didn't sound. This you just it's easier to deal with because there's there's places to get fire and you could uh, chop down stuff and get wood and you can actually throw wood in the back of your truck and then uh, most places you go into have furnaces and when you light the furnaces the the area you're looking around is warm. And you're and you're outside and you're looking around and you see you see uh, campfires which campfires I, I didn't get them all because I didn't play the game but the campfires seem to be in with uh, sort of a collectible see so he would be like go 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 to this campfire and you light the campfire and you're you're it's a, it's a spot of warmth and stuff like that but you weren't like uh, I wasn't sprinting from heat source to heat source it wasn't it wasn't that bad I guess the guys from the area maybe dressed warm enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was notes everywhere, like lots and lots of reading to do, and I feel like that's maybe where I uh, wasn't able to follow the story because I don't read notes in games because there's just usually too much of them. And this game had a bunch of notes and a bunch of everywhere you went, there was notes lying all over all over the place. I was collecting them, I think, for the for the for following the guide, but I think that was the juxtaposition of the, the why the story. I wasn't able to follow the stories. I don't think. The narr- what he was narrating and what was in the notes was the was the 
maybe went together per se because what is is it like the mystery is he trying to find somebody trying I, to find I, out what I, happened I, to the town i don't remember you don't remember he may, he may have been coming out looking for a, a kid maybe like I, I, hell it's been it's also been a couple of months since i, I bothered playing this um in hindsight we probably should have both played it maybe played it i mean it was boring which is why i ended up why i was boring and confused it was kind of confusing why i ended up is why i ended up quitting but uh, should it because it wasn't hard. Maybe a, a, sometimes sometimes the game's not hard. It's worth sticking through to see interesting stuff. Uh, I got some of the notes pulled up, and it sounds like yeah, they have like a few kind of cool gimmicks. But maybe you didn't get that far because you it says you were you since you were still exploring the town. Yeah. But it says that there's a, a stress level meter. Did, did you encounter that? Like so, is that not connected to the heat meter? Mm, it says there's a stress level meter that, depending on if you get into an accident in your car while you're driving, if you're attacked by wolves, if you're shot at, or if you're um, just dealing with like an upsetting scene, like you see someone just some messed up stuff. It says his stress level will increase, and the stress level increasing uh, decre- increases how fast your stamina bar drops. And it uh, affects your aiming rate of style. It makes it super shaky. And it says yeah. the only way to calm yourself down is to have him sit down, smoke a cigarette, and drink a beer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had I was attacked by wolves. Were you playing on easy, probably? I mean, if, My, there, if there's a difficulty setting, I dropped most, it to Big Boy Baby. Big Boy Baby story mode? Yeah. Big Boy Baby Boy? Uh, so maybe that, that turned that stress meter off on the lower difficulty. Yeah, all, all, all I do with was the was the cold itself. I mean, I, I got attacked by wolves. You just kind of walk them with sticks until they go away. It says you can shoot them, hit them with sticks, or distract them with uh, meat, raw meat. Yeah, there's meat. Yeah, I did throw, I did throw some meat. Um, I did see a couple of interesting things, uh, which maybe lead to the mystery, <clears throat> if it makes the game sound interesting at all. Because I'm not here to sell sell the game. It's not why it's on the podcast, really. It's just something we played. It's something that I played, and... Um, is that I did find, I did find two people eventually, and both people were like flash frozen, where they were. Uh, one guy was frozen in the woods, and I think it played out like a, a scene of him running from wolves, and I don't remember. I didn't. And I don't know if it showed why he ended up getting frozen, but he was frozen in place like while he was running. So it was kind of like a flash freeze, which was which was strange. And then stranger than that was I went into a woman's house. And uh, she was standing at a window, and it looked like, like it was like ice. We had blown ice into the window where she was frozen at the window, but ice had frozen around her and like shut off behind her like spikes. The only thing I can think of is the only thing I think of is like a, like an ice dragon or something like that shooting ice breath at something and it freezing and kind of. Like uh, and they're like frozen, and it's like blasted behind. Oh, okay, like, I know what you're it's like about. something something of ice hit her with fo- like force. Yeah, same thing with him. Like like he was frozen mid run, and she was frozen. Like kind of went looked like something just hit her hit her hard and was frozen. Hmm. And that was just in like and she was just in a random house when I was running around. So what I was mostly doing when I was following the guide was uh, either going to find a campfire. Or hopping in the truck and driving to a house and then walking inside the house and running around flipping things over and poking things. I mean, it's it's a it's a narrative game, a first person narrative game. So that's kind of I assume that's all you do 
with uh, maybe maybe mild combat with wolves. I wasn't shot at by anybody. I guess I didn't play long enough to get shot at by anybody. But was the, was the mystery even thrilling enough to make you want to keep playing? Well, obviously not. I, I said it, I didn't talk yeah, about I know. quit playing. I was tired. I mean, I, after I went to like five or six houses, I was like, I don't know if I, obviously I was like, I don't know if I want to keep doing this. I only did this, all of this in one sitting, and I don't know if I was going to have any drive to go back and uh, pick it up and continue where I left off to just keep hopping in the truck and riding around and just poking around more people's houses. It just, I don't know, it wasn't. It just wasn't interesting enough, and maybe maybe dealing with the cold was just just annoying enough, and it's just a, a bunch of factors. I looked at I'd actually looked at Kona multiple times uh, before it was on Game Pass. It's almost one of the, it's almost one of those games that I you know, I used to buy for under ten dollars. I almost bought it a couple of times, but I, there wasn't a <clears throat> there was never a guide before. But mm. now there's a TA guide, so I don't know. Nah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's, I, well, I don't know if I got much of anything else. Um, oh, I do have uh, the game. Actually, did look uh, for eight. I mean, especially for eight developers, the game didn't look really good. It's a. It's going for like a real. Like everything looks real. Uh, uh, the snow and everything looks great. The driving the truck was fine. You drive in first person. Uh, it just seems weird that. If you're playing a Canadian and you're exploring the far reaches of the Great White North, I don't know, maybe you'd have common sense enough to bring a, a heavy jacket and some pocket warmers, or at the very least, <clears throat> you know, something. I assume he's dressed warm. It's just extremely cold. In it is extremely cold in the... And the whole Everything's covered in snow in the game. Like it's, it's cold. Like you can tell it's cold. It might have something to do with maybe uh, being a supernatural element with your two flash frozen people, maybe. Yeah, and they're probably able to do more. So, I, so I don't know if it was a super it was supernatural stuff in the game or not, but um, it was just so the, the game. I, I, I so we'll say the game did look really good, which is, which is great. I like when the game looks good. Obviously, there was a uh, voice acting, which was always always a pro, a narrator and stuff like that. What I found strange. Uh, was uh, the game loading a lot. This is one of the first games I played on my uh, Series X, mm -hmm. which should eliminate load times completely, especially for uh, a game that's been out for a while. And this game will load while you're just driving in the middle of the, ta middle of the town. It'll just stop and load. And I actually, I haven't had any game, any game period, do that in a long time, much less... Uh, on a brand new console, older, old, older game on a, on a yeah on a brand new console. So it, I, thought, I thought that was strange and kind of jarring. But I mean, I've had it video games before, but you got I think it's you probably can't even name the last game. I can't name before this. I can't name the last game that was where I was in the middle. Like usually games, more modern games would hide it, hide loading. Yeah. Um. But um, I just thought it was strange that to be driving along, minding my own business, and just wham hit hit, hit a hit a loading screen. So, but that's just maybe could, in, in, maybe experience in coding for a game or something like that. And the but fact they, that it's just eight dudes and this is really only the second game and their first game of this scale and size and it, they did the best they could, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, I hate that I don't really uh, know much more about it. I don't know. Maybe if it ever come back to Game Pass, maybe you would give it a, give it a shot. 
I might try it, and we'll maybe. So, some things come back. Some things do come. Things have been rotating coming back to Game Pass. So if if it ever comes back, uh, there's a chance. Who knows? We're not going to make weird, weird, vague promises for the future. I guess it's stupid. But uh, I don't know. If you, if you want to walk around a try to solve a weird mystery in a, a Canadian, like a, like a, a, like a frozen town deep in Canada with a strange narrator sounds appealing to you. Maybe Kona is the game for you. And maybe there's a mystery of why some people got flash roast by what could or couldn't be a supernatural element. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't feel supernatural. Usually I'm interested in supernatural things, but, but maybe if it, maybe if it started with that, instead of you trying I mean, to figure it kind of did, I mean, it was, this is just people. Cause you can go, you can find those people whenever. Cause it's kind of an open, kind of an open nature. Cause the game's not really telling you to go anywhere specifically. So, I don't know. That's kind of all I have. I feel bad for not knowing more about about the game. Uh, it's cool to. It's more interesting, like you said, more interesting to learn the other stuff this developers have done with their. Then yeah. yeah. Then more interesting stuff they've done than this game. It than, than this game. So I thought that was kind of cool. We learned that kind of neat stuff. Maybe they'll do better things than. Uh, boring walking games. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, so that's all I got. Um, so sorry if I didn't sell it well, but that's just how some games are. I didn't play it very long. Uh, I play. I, I played it also months ago, and that's about all I could really say about it. Maybe Blake's got a. Maybe Blake will do a smidge better on the game he's going to cover now. I. Uh, so the next game we're going to be covering is called. Wargroove. version I played is called Wargroove Double Trouble, but the Double Trouble didn't come out until like I think a month or two after its release. It was a free update where they added in a an additional co-op story. But uh so Wargroove uh, Double Trouble was released uh late January in 2019. It is developed by Chucklefish and they are a uh British Based out of based out of London, a company with only uh, eighteen people, and they've made four games thus far. They've made the, this one, the War Groove. Like, it, it's four games, but really, I think it's no, okay, no, it is four games. One game called Starbound, another one called Witchbrook, and another one called Wayward Tide. And the uh, I don't know much about the uh, Starbound. I couldn't really find a whole lot on it. I mean, I also didn't look too deep. But the other two, Witchbrook and Wayward Tide, are, are turn-based action games. Well, what are they on? I never heard of uh, them. It's all Windows, Windows only. Yeah, so that's probably that's why we didn't bother 
this is their first in game thus far to make it to console. Mm. And they specifically their mission statement is they specialize in retro style gaming. So all their games are probably of the similar uh, mm. style. Now, real quick, they actually got a bit of um, flack from their first game, the Starbound, because mm-hmm. they decided to use a. Uh, what's what I'm looking for? And it's it's a it's to this point it's a he said she said, which is kind of annoying, because uh, they in they had a bunch of volunteers uh, to help work on Starbound. And it says here that a lot of the volunteers logged in a hundred plus hours, but were not compensated for the amount of time that they put in. So, isn't that what volunteer means? Exactly. And so the uh, the CEO or the the lead programmer for Chucklefish, a gentleman named uh, Finn Bryce, released a statement saying that the contributors to the game, the volunteers, were under no obligation to uh, create content or put in an immaculate amount of hours. They were just volunteers. So I think maybe the volu- I think maybe they some of these volunteers may have been like, hey, if you don't work, you know, you're gone. And so they got scared, but maybe this guy didn't know and it was like some sort of middle management thing. Or maybe he did know and he's just playing dumb, be like, oh, I'm innocent. So I don't really know, but they had some controversy around the game Starbound. We don't call them. We don't go work for somebody as a volunteer and then complain you didn't get paid. Yeah, especially, it's up to you, I mean, and but they were complaining with the amount of work they put in. Some of them put in like 100 plus hours a week it's and were not compensated. A, that's such a modern thing. If, exactly. Like a complaint of people. It's like, I put in the work, I should get paid. Yeah, you're a volunteer. We didn't ask you to put that. You volunteered to do that. Yeah, and this is for college or for, you know, job work. It's a modern idiot complaint. Yeah, but I don't know. I just thought that was at least worth mentioning to say, like, but, you know, because people are always trying to get something from somebody. Yeah. So the game itself is a uh, an isometrical strategy sort of, not Command and Conquer, it's uh, not RTS, it's um, kind of like, what, what, what are those games called? Advanced Wars? The Advanced Wars, yes, the Nintendo Wars style, like the Advanced Wars. Is that the only kind of game like that? Is it? There's a couple of Advanced Wars, but Advanced Wars is. Uh, I thought they were. I thought they had. I thought they were shared members from the original development team of Advanced Wars. Not that I could tell. I don't think so. They're so, so it's just, just like a fan. Just a fan of Advanced Wars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a turn-based tactical, isometrical strategy game. I again, I didn't beat this game. I put in. Uh, six. Six, eight hours. I put it in quite a bit of time because going through story and figuring out how the game works. And I managed... I, I beat the prologue and I beat all of Act 1. I think Act One's like 13 missions. Something like that. 11, 13 missions. And I get it. It was fun, but I thought it was going to be a, an RPG. Like, isometrical RPG with like maybe a job system and stuff like that. Having never played any of the Advanced Wars, I didn't know any any better. And it is not an RPG. It's entirely isometrical and strategy, and it's up to you to figure it out and, you know, spawn your units. Uh, I guess it's kind of RTS-y, too, because you had bases to spawn. Now, uh, probably my favorite part of the whole game, though, was the prologue. I really enjoyed how the prologue worked out. It was just a single mission, but it was kind of a long mission. And you figured out some of the information a little later. But you're playing as a vampire. 
named Sigrund. Mm-hmm. And she's from an opposing nation. And so your entire prologue is you, uh, you know, isometrically going through this castle and being, if you get caught, you have to re- restart. But you go through and you're killing off guards one at a time as this vampire. And as you're killing off these guards, every time you kill a guard and go into a new room, uh, it does a cutscene. It splits over to the king, King Merceval. And he's, you know, he's freaking out. He's like, do I tell her? Do I not tell her? I don't know what to do. He's uh, having a heavy conscience about something. And as you progress through it, you're killing guys. You're getting a little additional dialogue from the king. And the final thing you do after you kill your last person is you go into the king. And he goes, I knew this was coming. He doesn't fight you or anything. You just walk up to him and you murk him. And then it jumps like, there's a time jump of three months, I think. It does a fairly quick time jump to where you're now playing as uh, the the prince, well, the now queen, uh, Mercia, M-E-R-C-I-A, Mercia. You've already been coronated and all that. They don't waste time showing you the coronation. You're now the queen. And so your whole thing is to get revenge for your father's murder. And that's kind of the game. I'm assuming there's some other shadow politics going on in the background. But as far as I played, the whole point is you were going against this gentleman named Ragna. And he was the ruler of the undead, which I guess means that vampire. But I think there's also another vampire nation. So I'm not sure how that works. But you spend the entire act one that I was playing uh, killing Ragna's undead legions. And you do, you do so by, because in the combat you have... I only got a few of them, but you have your standard. You have a swordsman, mm-hmm. a horseman, a pikeman, archer, and then a na- your named main character. And, you know, they all have their different ways of attacking and so on and so forth. But certain ones are also... Is it, it kind of like Fire Emblem? It lo- yeah, it kind of did. Like, because when you would get into a combat with a person, it would, do, it would jump from this kind of top-down, bird's-eye view of a... Um, of like a retro, like super retro Nintendo, and it would zoom in into like a slightly upgraded graphics, kind of like how, like you said, like the Fire Emblems do. At least the old ones. I think the newer ones, it just looks good all around. But the older ones, you had like a little chibi character, and then you would clash with somebody, and it would turn to like a cool, you know, fully 3D rendered little animation things toward one another. And this did the same thing. And like, you know, it also did like a rock, paper, scissors thing. Like uh, swords were weak to pike, Pike were weak to archer, archer were weak to sword type thing. It was and it just kind of went and, and horsemen kind of trumped above. But then there was horsemen, sword, horsemen, pike, horsemen, archer, and they were all type thing. But then above everything, your main character, your main characters are just tank. It's, it had like triple everyone's every other things, which is it makes sense because you're a named character. And then like so, it you basically you're going into each level. And just basically killing everybody or capture the flag and stuff like that. The reason I stopped playing, I'm not a huge fan of just a strategy. I like the strategy RPG elements. I like the changing of the classes, and I thought that's what I was getting into, and I wasn't. But one of the levels in particular that annoyed me. Again, I played on easy because I am who I am. I'm a weak little baby boy. But as I played through, I was doing really well on this particular mission and the whole point of the mission was I had to de- just defend and 
until I got all these villagers out. But it was on a timed thing. Ugh. And so I was in this mission for like a half hour. You timed by turns? Well, I, I, there wasn't, it, there was no indicator but what I was being timed by. Mm. I guess it was just number of turns passed. But I, I was in this mission for about 30 minutes. Just wiping the floor of these guys because I was playing on easy and I'm not stupid. I was just spawning enemies and bringing them all down. I had like a huge wall of enemies, of allies, wiping out these enemies. But nothing was happening. And then like every three maybe four turns they're like oh no the you know we got some new survivors and so i had to do one of my my carriage unit which is only for that mission and pick up the survivors and take them and shuttle them to out of the field and I, but i was in that mission for like a half hour i if if i was actually on a higher difficulty and struggling like that would have been a huge epic fight and if i had lost that would have been a waste of an hour or more yeah but for me, I, you know, easy is only like a half hour. But it was just, I, I I didn't hate the story, but I wasn't digging the gameplay. So I was just kind of like, meh, I don't really care. And it just kind of faded. Because I think that I had something similar happen on a Gamefly episode, the uh, the Rage, Jagged Alliance. I thought it was going to be yeah. an RPG, but it ended up being strictly a survival thing. And it's like, you don't have to fight anybody. It's a strictly tactical stealth game. And I thought I was going to be a tactical uh, RPG, and it wasn't. Probably there's not this many. It's like the people just taking the genre, taking the grid-based genre, and just start using it for everything. Everything else it seems to be. Which I'm, I'm okay with. I mean, we let you know, share the love. Isometrical. When we shoot. Uh, I think it was. We're getting all sorts of games are coming becoming tactics now. There's a. I think there's a Gears Tactics, and then well, is there Halo Tactics? No, that Halo is a. That's RTS. They just, they just announced uh, Metal Slug Tactics. Metal Slug Tactics, so everything, which I'm fine with. Like I said, I I think the genre, you know, maybe it's having a resurgence, which is fine. I'm all for people trying it, but I want, I like some isometrical RPGs. Yeah. Not just isometrical for the sake of being isometrical of a survival. There's a couple we, a couple we, uh, a couple we haven't played, a couple of notable ones we haven't played yet, but some actual RPGs. I forget what they're called off the top of my head, but there's a couple of ones people have made just made fancy RPGs that are tactical recently. You know, because like I said, there's this. I would like to see just for funsies, uh, like imagine like an isometrical horror game. Like everything's like, I mean, it basically be kind of like playing like a, like I guess a, a virtual board game where the whole thing is black, but as you move through, you know, mm-hmm. uncovers things and you, whoa, monster, run. And you have to like run for your life from this zombie minotaur, or well, you know what? They could do that zombicide game, that board game. That would yeah, be a pretty cool. Somebody's try to isometric horror because it would probably be hard to be scared in turn based. Yeah, you never know. There's a horror you RPG. If you could pull it off, though. Yeah, uh, someone they could do it. I don't really have a whole lot else to talk. I will. Okay, I have one thing. Um, the game was actually very well received, very well received. To the point that um, the uh, the director, the, that Finn Bryce gentleman, mm-hmm. during a, a press conference or whatever, uh, he talked about that development costs were recouped within three days of release. Mm, I don't know how many they sold or whatever. I didn't find that information, but the, just just the fact that three days after release, all their recovery, all their yeah, that's not that's not that's not that's not a common thing. I mean, it is a cheaply, I don't say cheaply made because of the retro style graphics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it is only 18 people, but so you weren't spending a whole, whole lot of money, but you were still spending money and the fact they were able to recoup everything in just three days. 
that makes who knows how many months, maybe even a year plus they worked on this to have every, all their work get paid off in just three days is kind of crazy. And like I said, everyone, like all the people who like it, love it. It has high scores and high praise across the board. Everyone. Yeah, so I mean, it's probably a, a, a better strategy game than you give it credit for. Probably, but it's just, it's not my cup of tea. But I'm trying to pay more attention to when I'm next time I look at an isometrical game, I'm gonna like deep dive into the description and stuff, not just see uh, isometrical and be like, oh, isometrical RPG, I'll play this. Mm-hmm. I'll just try to be, it was on me. I'll try to be a little better about my gaming choicing. Yeah. Say that. Yeah, but I'm not perfect. Or am I? Um, <clears throat> I don't really have much more to yeah. say. It could end up being a, a record length. A short episode compared to our some of our longer episodes where we go on and on and on about yeah. games we played a bunch and how much we love that's, it yeah that's fine it's okay to not like games sometimes um yeah anything else for that not really i mean it's not a bad game go play it if you're into that it yeah. just wasn't for me probably been on sale a couple of times both these games uh kona and wargroove were both on were both on uh game pass but they are long gone off game pass i think wargroove I don't, I, it's definitely not a sixty dollar game. I think it launches for like thirty, maybe. Probably or cheap. I, hell, I don't know. But uh, if you if either one sounds interesting, you know, buy them. Hell, support developers. I probably I wouldn't wait for them to come back around to Game Pass. Stuff does come back, but I think uh, once it's been here once, I wouldn't I wouldn't maybe just sit on waiting for it to maybe come back. I would say either one. 15 bucks or less? I mean, shoot. I've spent... You can go to a movie and spend a lot more and be way more disappointed. Yeah, I just did that recently. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. I don't want to go down that rant, but yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. So, uh, that, and that's that. So, sorry if it felt real short, but that's just how it is sometimes. So, sometimes we don't play a whole lot of the game. Uh, we'll let Blake take over, and we'll see how much more time we can add to this podcast with him uh, to sell you on this movie. Well, that we actually rewatched the other night in preparation for this episode. So the next movie, no, I think the movie I'm going to be talking about today is called In Time. It was released uh, October 28th, 2011. So it's actually pretty old. I didn't realize it was that long ago. Um, it was written and directed by a gentleman named Andrew Nickel, N-I-C-C-O-L, Nicole, maybe. And uh, he actually has a pretty big um, repertoire, which is uh, so his one of his first movies he ever did was a movie called Gattaca, which has Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman. I've never seen it, but uh, I think I should. People talk about it a lot. Uh, he also wrote. He didn't direct, but he wrote and produced Truman Show, which I love. I love mm-hmm. Truman Show. And then he also wrote, direct, produced it, uh, Lord of War, the Nicolas Cage movie, mm-hmm. which I also really enjoy. And it's been announced, but there's not more. There's just the fact that he is attached as a writer for Monopoly, the board game, the movie. The hell? They're making a Monopoly movie, and he's writing it. But who knows when it's... I mean, they made a Battleship movie. <laughs> They've made... Yeah, but Battleship has a... They can shoot and do things. I don't know. Maybe it'll be like they Monopoly. Also made ship that was nothing like. There's, there's, there's <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't remember fighting aliens in the board game, but, but who know. knows? But yeah, so but maybe Monopoly will be like Monopoly. The, the it'll be like the Wolf on Wall Street, the PG version or something. I don't know. But he's attached to it, 
I just thought that was kind of interesting. And he's had a couple other ones that I didn't recognize, but those are the ones that immediately stood out to me. So the uh, There's a few people in the movie that I recognize a lot of the faces. I'm just going to talk about like the big three. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got Justin Timberlake. And if you don't know who Justin Timberlake is by now, uh, he was in a small movie called Love Guru. He played Jacques Lecoq Legrand. <laughs> and he's been in a bunch of other stuff, and he's you know, famous musician. It's Justin Timberlake, for Christ's sake. Yeah. So I'm not going to go into his re- repertoire. He does weird. He does do weird movies. I do enjoy him. He does some really good stuff. He did uh, Black Snake Moan. He did... Uh, Black, he was fantastic in Black Snake Moan. Um... He did a Southland Tales. Southland Tales. He did, he he does pick. He does like choose weird movies to do. Cause he gets because he's at that. He's like, if I don't like something, I can turn it down. I'm I'm a millionaire. I get to do what I want. I so I think that's what he gets to pick the cool, interesting stuff that he likes to do. Yeah. Or at least that it appeals to him. Mm-hmm. And so his uh, his co star is uh, Amanda Seyfried, mm-hmm. and she's been in quite a few things as well. So Amanda Seyfried is from like you know, Mean Girls and Mamma Mia and a bunch of stuff like that. She's also in like Letters to John with Channing Tatum, and she was in a I guess a, a modern I say modern like retelling of uh, Little Red Riding Hood back in like also 2011. It was a sci-fi ro- not a horror romance. Mm-hmm. She was a, with werewolves and there's a bunch of other stuff she's been in. She was in um, what's that um, Million Ways Down the West with uh, she was. MPH's girlfriend who was Seth MacFarlane's girlfriend in that so she's been in a bunch of stuff that's like a bunch of obscure things kind of yeah but she's all over the place I enjoy her I, I think she's a really good little actress mm-hmm. and then the other guy is uh, Cillian Murphy mm-hmm. Cillian Murphy is known for uh, Peaky Blinders uh, a horror movie back in the day with Jessica Alba called Red Eye He's in all three of Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight. He's the Scarecrow, and yeah. all, he appears in all three of those. And I just I just watched him in uh, Quiet Place Two the other night. Cillian Murphy's a really good actor. I yeah. enjoy Cillian Murphy. He was honestly probably the best, probably the best, maybe the best part of Quiet Place Two. So basically, what happens in in time is a, in the somewhat distant future, probably closer than we think it is. Uh, they have genetically altered the human genome and people that you hit age 25 and you stop aging. But you have uh, an embedded timer in your, I guess, uh, right arm? Right or left arm? I don't really I can't remember. Was left? I think it was left, which is I thought was kind of where everyone was left. And... Once that timer goes, it gives you a year to live. And everything in the future costs time. Seconds, minutes, hours, months, weeks, so on and so forth. And so you're paid daily when you work at these factories. And they, you know, at the end of the day, they're like, hey, you have 24 hours. And that's it. And so you better, you better work. Or you, basically, you work or you die. There's a huge, uh, I guess, uh, allegory for the real world type thing being poor and you have to work every day. Yeah. For nothing. Our main character, Will Solace, who was played by Justin Timberlake. Uh, he's, you know, having it rough out and about, you know, he lives at home. He sort supports his mom. He in reality is 
28. So he's post three years. It's what they call it. Because post, you automatically know the person's 25, but being post, so he's 28. And, you know, goes through his whole day. And the kind of like one of the big, the big inciting incident that it all kind of boils down to in the first, I guess, 30 minutes, maybe even less than that, first 20 minutes probably, is we get introduced to a fairly pointless character. And I think this character only exists so they can use a title called The Minutemen. Yeah, it's a local it's it's a local gang. And I yeah, it, the guy stay the guy kind of stays throughout the movie, kind of comes and goes, but it's clear that they just really really wanted to use the name Minuteman. Exactly. And it was I get it early. You got to have like well, the, he has a, a smaller, a more smaller room in in the in the slums where Justin's character is from. The guy kind of has a bigger standing there, maybe. But then he like chases him the entire movie. Like it's so weird, and it it doesn't make it kind of doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I I didn't hate the actor either. Like the actor was good, but just his point in the movie it, seemed it's so. Is Justin's story changes to where he, what he what he's doing? I guess the that dude's character becomes completely irrelevant, but the movie keeps him in anyway. They don't want to. Yeah, I mean, I it's just like an extra spoke in the wheel. Like he, I was never, I was just annoyed a lot of time when he was coming on screen, just because like, oh, you've already served your purpose. Like you're still Go here. Like, cool. And maybe if he'd showed up when Justin comes back, without yeah. trying to be too spoily, and maybe he kills him there. Like, boom, boom, done. Like, oh, okay, that's kind of funny. He's grown so much as a character, he's not afraid of this dude anymore because he's seen bigger, scarier things. Hmm. Like, metaphorically speaking, not like actual giant monsters or anything. I want, This isn't that type of sci-fi. <laughs> but like, he's, it's, he kind of stays for too long, and it, I just kind of... They should have dealt with that character sooner. Now, but all this happens because there's a gentleman who is getting sloshed absolutely hammered at the local bar in the slums and his time clock his uh wallet if you will reads 116 years that is massive yeah and the dude you you find out you know he's slinging money this that and the other he draws the attention of the minutemen who want to take it he want to steal the money that's the one of my complaints about the movie is they, they, they don't exactly explain the rules entirely. But apparently, if you're sleeping, and you're sleeping really deeply, someone can come up and get close enough to your your time and steal your time while you're sleeping and kill you in your sleep. There doesn't have to be like a a mental okay or yeah. like... you. It just seemed weird that... that they don't ever explain that. Yeah. I don't think it was thought out properly at that point. That was my... I had a, a few complaints. That was my biggest one. Mm-hmm. Why can someone... Just steal your stuff. Yeah. Like, I've seen... Part, like, there's a part in the movie, and it comes in where they're uh, time wrestling, where they're, like, they're, they're like shooting money, shooting time back and forth between two, each other's clock, and you're trying to steal the other person's and kill them. It's basically Russian roulette, but with your time. But that seems like a willing participation thing. But Yeah, which is also a, a part that... I didn't. I didn't care for. It's not explained very well, and it's. And then when it comes to a, because Justin Justin's dad died doing it. He was a famous 
wrestler, I guess, time wrestler. Yeah. That's how he made, that's how he supported his family was being good at that, I guess. And it, it's talked about a bunch, it's foreshadowed a bunch, and then Justin does it finally in the movie, and it is... Very anticlimactic. It's, it's very dumb, it's very dumb to watch, uh, honestly. It's kind of stupid, it's kind of stupid to watch it. Two people do it, and I was just like, oh. Unfortunately. This is kind of hard to watch. Uh, so... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but like that—that that was like just the the world wasn't um, brain work. It wasn't thought out, enough. and the movie's kind of long too. The movie's almost two hours. Yeah, but I feel like it kind of should have been a little longer. Just yeah, or I think so. Maybe set up the rules of your world a little bit better. This actually uh, this is this this is different for our normal podcast because I actually watched we actually sat and watched this the other night, um, and I, I don't usually have a whole lot to say about movies, but this movie maybe it's I'd say this movie is uh, this is my second time seeing it. Mm-hmm. This movie does not uh, hold up to a second viewing. Yeah, it wasn't near as good the second time around. When so I, I, I do, we do recommend seeing the movie at least because it's a very interesting and strange, strange movie. You won't see, you can't really see anything like it before. It's it's interesting to at least watch. I, I can't I can't recommend uh, thinking too hard while you're watching because there's a lot of things. If you're paying too much attention to how how things are handled and the way things are done in the world, and even to the main character's choices, a lot of the time you'll be like. You'll start to question the whole movie itself. Maybe we're maybe we're to give, telling you too much to do already, but uh, it's definitely worth watching at least the one time. My second viewing of this, I, 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 I had a lot of problems uh, with the movie. Uh, the movie has a an, an identity problem, real bad. What the, what the movie's trying to do? Like, is the movie trying to say something about rich people? Is this is this movie? Uh, is it Bonnie and Clyde? Yeah. Is it, you know, I mean, is it about the Minute Man guy? Is it about, is it really about Cillian's, that the Cillian's character, like his job as a, he's a, as, as a time cop, basically. He isn't time, there's no time travel, but he goes and. He's a time keeper. Time keeper. He stops time crimes. It's. Because what there is, is there is a, a limited number of time in, in. In his district, at least, you find out that you know worldwide there's a couple other districts, and each district has a certain limit time zone. Times, yeah, time zone, yeah. Duh, I'm stupid for not remembering that. But there's time zones, and each time zone has a set limit of time inside it. Mm-hmm. And he his responsibility is to make sure that it everything stays it's like, in balance. Is what it's also time not, it's not even balance. It's, it's almost comes to the point where make sure the right people have the time. It's literally what it is. But he, I don't think he understands that until a little bit later in the movie some yeah plot there, there's not enough there's not enough movie to deal with his whole character's arc yeah i think if someone if they're to take the idea think on it a little more nobody's gonna remake in time i know but i mean what well, i mean shoot I mean, it needs to be a little bigger but it'd be a pretty decent tv show to, to it may have been a better tv show exactly to uh to branch out the idea more, flesh it out quite a bit more, because they do cool in certain things. Yeah. Because uh, we'll say uh, Will ends up uh, rescuing the gentleman with 116 years, and he gives him a massive amount of time. 
because the guy says he's tired of being alive. Why not share it with somebody? And he wanted to thank Will for saving his life, and so he gives him a whole bunch of time. And so Will kind of decides to try to see what it's like living the high life. Mm -hmm. And so he goes from his slums, he travels several districts, and each district is a toll booth. We have to pay a bunch of time. And he ends up spending quite a bit and makes it to the big city. And he gets to, to see how things are, and he ends up kind of chatting up one of them. There's a, a small little thing you know, he notices that you notice that he's kind of, he gets out, when he gets to the rich place, he gets out of the car, he starts jogging, and, he, and then he looks around and looks down at his arm and just starts walking because it, it's, it's a neat moment where he realizes he's, everywhere he, his whole life he's jogged and kind of ran. ran, jogged and ran everywhere he's gone because he just hadn't had time. And it's the first time he's, his whole life he just kind of, walks somewhere that's what i was talking about that's one of the moments that are super fleshed out like this the uh the social politics are yeah. super fleshed out because he he goes to a hotel and he ends up living the big life and he's flirting real hard with uh, like the hostess and she's like you're you're not from around here are you he's like what are you talking about she's like well you do everything a little too fast a little quick mm -hmm. but if you're trying to blend in everyone here's got time to burn no one's in a rush, honey. Oh, yes. Just remember that. And he was like, he had, he had noticed that earlier. And like, that's really kind of a cool moment to realize. Because he's ran, jogged, he's been in a hurry his entire life. Mm -hmm. And he's never had time to burn. Mm -hmm. To sit back and relax and smell the roses type thing. And there's a quote that gets, again, this is part of the identity problem Drew spoke about earlier. Uh, there's a quote that gets said a bunch that... um Many must die so that a few can be immortal. Yeah. They literally get said a bunch, and you're like, oh, this movie's trying to be philosophical, or it's trying to be sociopolitical. But it, it loses its... It, 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 I think it was trying to be too much and yeah. be too uh, socially meta and aware. But it's, that, also, it's also hard to watch a movie uh, about poor people needing... Poor people and rich folks need to have a balance when you're watching famous people. Yeah. Rich folks act in the movie. It's just kind of brings you out. I mean, it's freaking Justin Timberlake. So, I mean, I'm, I don't think he's maybe when, when he was, well, no, he's been, he's, he's been successful forever. So basically like mid nineties. Yeah. Been, wasn't he, a, was he one of the Disney kids? He was a Mickey Mouse club with like Mickey Mouse Spears club. And so Christina yeah, Aguilera like he's just, he's just like had it. I don't think he hasn't had he's, it made. He's worked he for his work. He hasn't worked in a, fa a factory toiled at a factory to make ends meet to live in a crappy apartment. I just don't think. Maybe he did, again, when he was younger, maybe his dad did, and he watched that. I mean, I'm sure. Just maybe. It's, it just doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't work. The juxtaposition. The, the, that kind of movie. Should have had that some That kind of movie there. you make with people who aren't such known people. Yeah, but I think they they needed the known people to go see them. It, it's kind of a, that's why I say a great TV show. Exactly. Get some. I don't want to say no names. Get some people who've got a little gumption or at least some talent behind them. And, oh, shoot, use no names because there are some no names out there that I've never, like, that blow you away the first time you see them. You're like, exactly. So, but, like, again, I think it would have made a much better TV show. I think it was a two season TV show, call it a day, or, you know, have a couple different characters, a couple different stories going on. I fit my microphone a couple times. Um, 
I know we've kind of spoken a little a little bad about the movie. <laughs> I do apologize because it's not terrible. I have seen much worse. All movie all movies have problems. I mean, we're, yeah. let's be honest. There's, there's no perfect movies out there. But uh, I'll argue with that. But we won't get into that. <laughs> perfect movies. There's no perfect movie. Uh, and um, I was speaking of like the budget for the movie wasn't terrible. Yeah, like they used a lot of. Um, I think everything in the movie was practical. Yeah, there's no well, there's nothing, there's nothing to CGI. It's all people. Yeah, but I mean, even like their like their grag, it's very um, minimalist environment too. With be, being in the slums, and even when you go to the city, it's all like the same thing repeated a bunch. Yeah, Sheer, it's also tall, white. it's also not like a we're not talking like Blade Runner. Blade Runner, yeah. It's just it's just a it's just a city. There's no flashy lights and craziness. It's just opulent I, I don't know it's 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 not crazy I, I can see I can see why this movie could, could maintain an extremely low budget I think the whole movie was only like 40 million yeah it's not awful it didn't make I mean it made it made money back but it didn't it didn't make a whole whole lot I mean like almost it's like 175 mil yeah but it's not bad uh please go see it or rent it or rent it or somewhere I you had the you had the Blu-ray. So. I got the Blu-ray because I, I remember really enjoying it. Like I said, it, it, the second time seeing it through, like really looking at it, I poked a little too many holes. But I, I'm still gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna sell it. I still like the movie, and I would, I'll share it with people. I still own it, so yeah. I, just, I didn't like, watch it like, oh, the movie's terrible, because I've done that before. <laughs> like this movie's really good, then rewatched it. I'm like, oh my god, why is it? Why did I like? Why did I like this? What was I on? And. And I, you know, I've I've done, but it doesn't usually happen. Most movies I own, I I've definitely seen them at least twice. I watch them to see if I even liked them, and then I buy them, and I try to watch them shortly after I buy them to make sure that if I still even like that movie. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, it holds up. Most of the time. Yeah. Um. That's all. That's all I got. Uh, it, it'll probably be rare that well that I that I, that I sat and watched the movie as well. I probably should do it more often. It would help the help these episodes but I don't think I have anything really because we, we spoke about it. it is not uh, the noir future that the Blade Runner is like a retro futuristic type thing everything's kind of low grade future but they did make all the cars sound like they're from the future yeah, which is, know, they're just driving normal cars yeah, they do they all have in like all the engines sounding like they're like future engines I was like and that's part of the, maybe that's where that part of that weird identity thing is yeah. just like it didn't know what it why I did speak why, do, of, why do all the cars sound like future cars speaking of the cars um every I, I thought this is kind of cool every car that they used the exact model of cars that they used yeah. is the exact same ones that they used in in his Gattaca movie in 1991 oh, really? they're like a, they're a nine they're a I think they were like an 81 something mm-hmm. and they he just He's like, oh, do we have these? Who have some of these cars in storage? And they just went and got them, kind of refitted them, and because he calls it his, uh, it's the stepchild of Gattaca with the retro futuristic look, which is where he got it from. Mm-hmm. And so, I was thinking that was kind of funny that he, he even used the same practical cars. And yeah, I just found the the car sounds strange. Yeah. Uh, um, do you have anything else to add or questions to ask? I don't think so. I, mean, I, I guess I, I enjoyed the maybe the beginning of the movie more than the, the movie throughout itself. 
don't know. That's all. That's really all I got. That's really all you got. So uh, I think we're going to finish this with the uh, the tagline, mm-hmm. and then cop out of here. There's a couple of them because they couldn't come up with just one. Mm-hmm. So let me find my favorite. They have one for each genre they were going for. God, yeah. <laughs> There's eight total taglines for this movie. You gonna say? They, you yeah. gonna say them all? Yeah, I'll, I'll say I'll say them all. You guys pick your favorite. They're, they're all super short. A couple of words. Yeah, uh, that's it for me, bye. <laughs> okay, so here's I'm, I'm gonna read off the eight taglines that there are for in time. Time is power. Time is money. Live forever or die trying. His crime wasn't stealing time. He was just giving it away. Tomorrow is a luxury he can't afford. At the age 25, the aging process stops. <laughs> Life is paid out one minute at a time. <laughs> the rich can live forever. The poor must earn their time. These <laughs> taglines are kind of awful, but they're yeah, really. hilarious. I, I, the the tomorrow is a luxury he can't afford. That's not terrible. I actually like that one. Yeah. But the other ones are yeah, they the, should, they time have. is power. Time is money. That's cliche and cheap. <laughs> well, that's, that's just the, that's just the movie itself. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed those as much as I did. And I would like to wish everybody a good evening, 